Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. On this podcast, we will hear from women who are navigating the challenging and transformative journey of perimenopause and menopause. These women have graciously agreed to share their stories and insights, offering a raw and honest glimpse into what it's like to go through this major life transition. From hot flushes to rediscovering themselves, our guests will provide a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for anyone who's going through or will go through menopause. So grab a cup of tea, settle in and join us for a fascinating and enlightening discussion. Hello and welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. Today in the studio, we have the lovely Kate. How are you, Kate? Okay? I'm good. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for joining. So, Kate, tell us a little bit about your menopause experience. How did you first notice it? I first noticed it. It probably took me a while to realise what it was, but um, it was initially my period. So I still have monthly periods, but they became... um, the timing between them became shorter. So from like 30, 32 days, it was suddenly coming to 26, 28. So I was having surprise periods, but Mm. they got very, um, they got a lot more intense emotionally and physically. So in the olden days, I may got, maybe got a little bit emotional for like a day or two. And, And even then it was like, I might cry at an RSPCA advert with a kitten on it, but it wouldn't be like, you know, severe. So I've been really, really lucky with my menstrual cycle throughout, throughout my life. But, um, I just noticed that they got incredibly heavy, but a lot shorter. So rather than a few days of light, it was two days of so heavy. It was ridiculous. You know, I even oh. bought those, um, is it called Muki, those knickers that you have, you know, <laughs> which are yeah, actually, yeah. they double up as really good cycling um, padded shorts, I've noticed. So I'm actually oh. wearing them even when I don't have my period. But I would, I would have had to get those. Um, and emotionally, really quite intense for a good week before mm. so that was the first thing they they for, for, for all my life having quite relatively you know predictable easy periods just that was the first thing and that kind of went on for like six months or a year and then I noticed um the brain fog um mm. not feeling like I had as much energy um aches and pains I mean I'm a mountain biker and, and was a foul runner so I kind of always had various injuries and recovering from but I just noticed that things would niggle a lot more um so yeah symptoms like that really um but it all started to happen when I already um ran the tonic the CBD company which has been going over five years so I was already on CBD for um pain initially and, and obviously helps with sleep and anxiety um so I think that I have managed to get away with quite a lot of the symptoms that some people really do suffer with um you know with like your restless leg and and crazy temperature changes because right. I, I think but I'll go in, into that more later but I think I kind of got off lightly there because I was already taking CBD regularly for other things and I think that mm. may have gone but yeah that, that those those were the 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 symptoms really where I realized that hooray we're perimenopausal yeah so <laughs> So we would you say there were more physical symptoms then rather than um you know psychological symptoms? Um 
Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think since then there have been various things going on psychologically, but um, again, it kind of, there's a question coming up, which I'll answer in more depth, but I think there's mm. other things going on that could be hormone related or could be related to other things, but certainly related to uh, you know the age that I'm at for example iron absorption if you're right. active if you're in your 40s your iron absorption um is is a lot more difficult um mm. and therefore your iron levels will naturally be a lot lower so there were things like right. that that were also happening at the same time but they're kind of related it's all part of you know the exploration of health of women at our kind of age where mm. hormones are changing um yes and the knock-on effects these have. So there's probably lots of things that are happening that haven't even attributed to hormone imbalances that probably are, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there must have been quite a few different challenges then that you faced um, throughout, you know, your, your sort of perimenopausal journey. So what challenges did you face and how did you overcome them? Um. I think I think the main yeah the main one I think was was physical I I if I can't get out and do my daily exercise whether it's walking the dog um you know running mountain biking that really affects everything else in my life you know I need to have my physical out output um so uh being aware of that, being aware of needing to that that rest and sleep was a lot more important now than it ever was. Mm. Um, taking my CBD regularly, not forgetting to take it, which again allows for me to feel more energetic and obviously less less pain that's going on. Uh, yeah. The more likely you are to be active. So those are those changes with regards to. The brain fog, it is something that I'm still tackling, but I have done a lot to research. It was actually one of the biker friends of mine. She's a scientist and is amazing at research. So she's kind of our go-to for, you know, what do you think about this? This is happening. What do you think? She's the one that told me about iron <clears throat> and I had no idea. I went and got a blood test um, and they come back and they say, yes, everything's normal. But what is normal with regards to what, um you know the nic standards are so for example iron mine mm. was 11 10 yeah. is when it gets flagged mm. now if you're menstruating regularly you're a woman of our age and you're fit and you're healthy you're very active 11 isn't good but it didn't get flagged because it wasn't 10 and i yes. should be at 45 50 so I, if she hadn't have said to me, make sure you actually get your results and have a look at them yourself, you know, and then get a doctor to look at them, you won't really know. So that's one bit of advice, actually, for, for any of your followers is don't always just accept those results as OK. Have a look at them. Educate yourself. OK, what's a normal level? You know, thyroid, that's another thing that changes. Again, it's hormone related. It's another mm. thing that can be affected around our age. So actually get your results, have a look at them, you know, ask for a second opinion because yeah. things might be low, lower than they should be, but not necessarily flagging. So I did go on about 600 milligrams of iron a day for three months, which is crazy, but that's what it took to get me up to a better level. So that definitely helped with yeah. energy levels with 
um, with the brain fog. Um, but the brain fog I still wasn't happy with. It was affecting work as well as as my biking. And um, I went and got test, a hormone test. So I've had two now. Right. And my testosterone levels were low. Mm. So we're very lucky here in Hebden Bridge that um, we've got a massive, I mean, it's a massive, very close community um, of, of women who are just having this conversation about menopause. It's amazing. And so we've been pushing pushing our GPs. And we have one in particular, Dr. Teo, who is brilliant. She's also perimenopausal. She's done her, invested her own time and money to educate herself about the menopause. So um, she's been absolutely brilliant. And she's the one that said, um, if you want to be heard with regards to testosterone, if your levels are low, which they mm. were, um, the only thing really that they hear that will be acknowledged um, by the NHS is if um, it's affecting your libido. Yeah. So they have proved that testosterone affects more than that, obviously, like brain yeah. <laughs> energy levels. But no, that doesn't matter. You know, if you can't really function at work because you've got brain fog, that doesn't matter. But if you can't please your partner or yourself sexually then that obviously is a, a, a greater criteria um yeah so that was a bit frustrating so but anyway she said you know that's the key word you need to come in and you need to say it's affecting your libido massively and affecting your relationship um which isn't a lie it definitely does no. yeah <laughs> but it just wasn't my priority absolutely um, so, yeah, I've managed to get testosterone. I've been on it for about three or four months um, in gel form. Um, it's testosterone for men. So mm -hmm. the instructions do tell me that I will frequently get erections and have possible hair loss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for those to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it certainly, certainly helps. I definitely feel like I've got more power again and Good. more energy. Um but yeah, the one thing that nothing is quite getting is the, is the, it's helping with the brain fog without a doubt, but it's still there. But we think, I'm do, I did more blood tests yesterday because we think it might even be COVID related. So, Ooh, okay. One of those things. But yes, it's um, very commonly menopause related, I, I know. So we shall yeah. see. Absolutely. So are your iron levels now up to optimal level? Is that all stabilised? And... They were a couple of months ago, but I did more blood tests yesterday, which I'm waiting for the results. So we shall see. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener that for me. I didn't I didn't know that that was kind of um, a, another possible symptom of menopause, but definitely something yeah. people that, you know, women our age kind of need to need to keep an eye on. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, I, obviously, you've been seeing um, a doctor in regards to your menopause. So, are you you're on obviously? Is it Tesla gel that you're on? I think that's what it's called. I had yeah. to. It used to come in a pump, and then they ran out because again, we've obviously had shortages <laughs> of various HRT yeah. um, products across the country. Um, and at the moment, it's not in a pump. It comes in this little annoying, <laughs> little tear-off thing that about oh. eight. So you're not even quite sure how much you're putting out. But 
So it's a bit annoying, but they didn't want me to stop. So it's like, look, you just have to have these until we can get some some more in. So I'm on that. I'm on. Okay. I should have brought it, shouldn't I? I'm on estrogen, and it's the alcohol spray. It's like a round spray pump you spray on your arm. Right. Um, I think it's like one point four milligrams. I think per spray. Um, I'm playing around with it. I was initially told one spray a day and then just up it if you feel like you need to. So at the minute I'm okay. doing three pumps. But one thing I have done is um, I like things to be visual and I've downloaded a chart of what our estrogen and progesterone levels are doing throughout our monthly cycle. Oh, and right, yeah. I look at that and then I know where I've got the dips where's when mm. in my cycle because there's two points where your estrogen levels and progesterone really drops so yeah. the nice thing is with the pumps rather than the patches you can more easily adjust your levels so if I don't mm. you know if my estrogen levels are high have one pump and if they're low have two or three so I can kind of go with my natural you know <clears throat> rhythm production of, of hormones um yes so that's one bonus of having a pump over the patches. I've not tried the patches yet, actually. Um, yeah. So so you've got your estrogen um, for your hormone replacement therapy, and then obviously you've got your testosterone. Are you using a preparation for uh, your progesterone? Yes. It's like gel tablets. So oh, I have right. those. And those you have to remember because you don't take mm. them all the time. You take them like day 15 for two weeks. and then Like a cycle. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So I have to kind of try and remember that one. <laughs> it is a lot to remember, isn't it? When you're thinking that's three different preparations that makes up your hormone replacement therapy. And then they're all, you know, like you said, your estrogen, um, you adjust as per your, you know, your menstrual cycle, obviously, mm. however many days your cycle now is. And then you've got your your cycle days for your progesterone so yeah it's a lot so do you do anything in particular to to help with that like um do you use things like reminders or uh, any apps or anything to help you with that or do you just write it down like old school yeah I I do a reminder in my normal calendar with regards to um my cycle and then so I can then remember you know track the days I use yeah. the balance app which I think mm. uh Dr Newsom started yes. a long time ago um yeah. I don't delve into it too much anymore it was quite useful to begin with um for information but mm. um yeah it's just useful because you can track in it you know it encourages you to also track how you're feeling and things as well so it's not just my menstrual cycle it's like what's going yeah. on you know emotionally where my head's at, where my brain fog's at. Um, so it's quite interesting to track that. So that's that's why I started to, you know, fluctuate my um, HRT because, you know, it just gets you more aware as to what's going on so you can kind of level things out a little bit better. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think that would be really helpful for listeners as well who are obviously doing something, um, you know, going through a similar situation mm. with their HRT so always always handy to get some tips and advice <laughs> on how to manage it so um of so you've obviously been menopausal Kate for a while now how did that affect your personal relationships well I think um definitely my 
partner, Paul, I've had to really educate him as much as myself, um, you know, to explain what's going on. So the more intense periods with that more emotional intensity that I'd never really had before, you know, where you're yeah. just like, everything is really annoying me. <laughs> it will be the yeah. smallest, smallest thing that normally you would just let pass. So just like... So really, it's been so important to communicate what is going on, what is happening, because, um, you know, I was never told by my mother, you know, that generation, they just kind of had to deal with it and suck it up. Whereas yeah. amazing, the last couple of years, our conversation around it has just grown and grown. So awareness has grown and there's so much more help now, especially, on, you know, online and Instagram has been an amazing source of information and sure. um yeah so i think i think um it it definitely affected the relationship not just you know understanding what's going on and communicating it to 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 make dealing with it better but obviously libido um it just disappears it's bizarre it's just yeah. suddenly not there can't be asked at all not even with yourself <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. that it's, it's really, it's like someone sw has switched a switch off. Yeah. It's gone. Um, and again, I think that's something that's so important to address. So I know I was joking earlier about it not being my priority when it came to the testosterone. I wanted to get my energy levels back up and get rid of this, some of this brain fog. Um, of course, it's important because if it is affecting your relationship, it affects everything, and especially if you of have course. children, family. Um it's a massive deal. So it's, it is important. And I think keeping the conversation alive around it and educating yourself and doing as much reading as possible and sharing that, you know, our partners are just as responsible for this, you know, as we are for their emotions that they go through and, and such. So, um, yeah, it, it's, um, I don't think it affects, I think it's Nina who works. Nina, does my menopause affect our relationship? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> There's no sexual demands from Nina, so we're okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just gonna have a little look at my notes. But I think that yeah, that was all it is really. It was just yeah, communicating, you know, understanding yourself, what's going on, and then being able to communicate that. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So, um. What kind of lifestyle changes did you make then alongside obviously starting to um, take your HRT? What what else changed really with regards to your diet, your mm. um, exercise and life, general lifestyle? Yeah, good question. Um, diet, you're definitely not burning the calories. I don't know what happens. Yeah. Again, it's like a switch has gone. It's like started to get a belly, started, wait, what's happening here? And I am really active. So um, I just really, really watched things. I mean, I've never been great at, with carbs, pasta and breads and things, but I've really, really cut those out now because it does just woof, makes me swell immediately. So, again, there must be something going on there, you know, in our guts that we just can't process things. We're just less robust. So I'm just a mm -hmm. lot more gentle with what I put in my body, a bit more kind of conscious. You know, I do eat an awful lot of vegetables and fish anyway, and that's the kind of problem my main diet really make sure I'm getting the oils from from the fish um energy levels I will I'm I, oh, I don't know whether I'm 
I had to stop running because my meniscus decided to start popping out of my knee, which is quite painful, but I still oh, mount wow. bike and it is pretty challenging it physically up and down. Um, and I will never stop doing that. But I think, I think it's more mental than physical, the, you know, being more determined to get out. Yeah. Again, I think a lot with, with menopause, I think the energy levels, I think a lot of it's up here. Mm. Your bodies are amazing. They can endure so much more than we believe. Um, Yeah. So, so just keep making myself get out there. I do. I'm very, very aware that I'm probably not doing enough weight bearing things because that is really important isn't it for for yes. osteoarthritis and, and joint and bone health generally um and i think oh yeah and cold water swimming yeah that's See, taking a big oh yeah my partner's always done it breaks the ice doesn't care he's in he's in there's loads of women around here that have these um kind of facebook communities now who are all menopausal and they find it really oh, wow. helps with their temperature fluctuations um and it's really lovely hearing their conversations lizzie works for me she's not in today but she's one of them actually she started one of the groups um for that reason right. she shut her temperatures and they find it really helpful but um i have definitely found that it eases um any kind of aches and pains uh, and it's just great for your head. Honestly, you can wake mm. up broad-headed, get in that cold water, and it's just amazing. We're lucky enough to live five-minute walk from a reservoir, so, amazing. you know, and it's very exposed. So no matter, the other day we were in on Monday morning, and it's like sideways rain and wind. But you don't mm. care. You're going to get wet anyway, and you're going to get cold That's anyway. That's true. <laughs> and all the <laughs> neighbours are walking their dogs across the moors just laughing at us. They are, you're crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's, and I'm, I'm determined now to try and see how far into winter I can go. So I'm still going in at the minute, just in swimming cosy, gloves, yeah. and, gloves and socks only. It tricks your body into thinking it, the water's a bit warmer than it is. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend that actually for head, body, aches, pains, you know. Um, so yeah, what else have I changed? Obviously HRT, rest. Mm. I think I mentioned that before, rest and sleep so much more important I really yes. need more hours I mean I'm getting in bed last night it was like half past nine you know mm. I'm an early riser anyway but I I really need my sleep um yeah. I even sleep in in a separate room a few nights of the week because I just <laughs> can't share a bed I just need like eight hours no interruption no yeah. man in the night waking me up you know it's just like no um yeah so and I'm not I'm not afraid to again communicate that to to my partner who's incredibly understanding he doesn't you know just it, mm-hmm. it is I just find that rest and sleep is so much more important than than ever before um and CBD I've definitely I used to just take a little bit every day just to help with aches and pains but again now I'm fluctuate um it kind of fluctuates with my cycle so yeah um, when I know that week before my period I definitely up it just to again assist assist my um my little hormones because CBD yeah. does it you've got receptors throughout your whole hormone um system your endocrine system and also in the receptors um receptors in your brain CB CB1 receptors they're called uh that are in your hypothalamus so that's the area that will regulate things like sleep and mood um so yeah your whole, whole hormone system is is regulated 
by it. So it has proved, you know, crucial. This is why I think I don't get, you know, the temperature changes and things. Yeah. I really think that that's what's, um, what's helping with that massively. Fabulous. Okay. So what advice would you give to other women who are perhaps not, um, not gone through menopause yet or mm. currently going through it? I first thing I would do is um, keep educating yourself and you know your body better than anybody. So if you do think that you're going through or starting perimenopause and your doctor says, don't be ridiculous, you're too young, mm. um, ignore that. If you know your body, you know when things start changing and there isn't an age to go through the menopause. I've had a customer today on the phone. She, again, is somebody that had early menopause. She was 30s. Um, so there, there isn't an age. So I think I think really listen to your body. Definitely track what's going on with your cycle, with your emotions. Um, and then you can kind of better understand what's happening so you can, again, better communicate around you because it can massively affect, you know, not just relationships at home but at work. I had yeah. a friend who suffered terrible depression going through the menopause and she had no idea she was perimenopausal and it affected work. She felt useless. She was quite high up mm. in what she was doing. She'd done it for a long time and and it was horrendous and work just didn't understand. But now the company that she works for, it's now menopause. They sent the HR team off for training and it's now part of um, the kind of the 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 care of staff within the HR Amazing. department it's it's seen as in you know if somebody is off sick with I don't know whatever illness they have it's it, and, and now obviously mental health is now mm. more you know better understood in business same with menopause so that's now on their list yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah the more understanding you have of yourself I think the more confident you are to communicate that to other people um and to stand your ground when it comes to your health, you are in charge of it. Whether you want to go HRT or you want to go totally natural or you want to combine the two, which I do, mm. um, yeah. I think do it. But yeah, do your homework. Get get on with information and and you know your body. Um, blood tests. I mentioned this earlier. There's a couple of things to note on that. One is yeah, don't take no for don't take well yes, everything's fine for an answer get them yeah. you can get them uploaded to your app um nhs app or you can get them printed out and actually have a look and if you're not sure just have an appointment with the doctor and actually look at your levels they may not be getting flagged up but they may be too low for what you need them to be so it could be iron it could be hormones could be thyroid definitely um do that and the other thing with getting blood tests for hormones again it depends where in your cycle you are so there's no point just yeah. getting one test for hormones you need a few Multiple. a month if you mm. can do that, brilliant. Um, yeah, look at natural options as well as pharmaceutical. I know not everyone's comfortable or can't, you know, biologically, physiologically have HRT. So there's lots of natural alternatives, obviously CBD. But yeah. um, I think there's a few good mushroom uh, alternatives out there which are really good I know a woman who doesn't have HRT at all she's coming out the end of her she's coming towards menopause rather than perimenopause she's mm -hmm. never taken HRT in her life and she's managed it really well with mushrooms and CBD um, but mm. yeah sleep exercise alcohol that's another thing I cannot yes. drink anymore I can't do it mm. I cannot handle how I feel the next day even if I've just had two glasses of wine 
it affects that brain fog. It affects your sleep. It affects your energy levels. It affects everything. Um, yeah. So I think it is a time where you just have to be so gentle with yourself, with what you're consuming, mm. with what you're doing to your body, you know, so diet, just get rid of that alcohol, have some of our CBD tea, you know, um, <laughs> just, yeah, just rest when you feel you need it and just be yeah, really gentle with yourself. I think that's the bits of advice I would give. Absolutely. That's, that's great advice, Kate. So in regards to the CBD then, so how does that specifically help with menopause? I know, I know you've touched on it a few, a few mm. times through, um, throughout this interview, but if you want to just uh, give the listeners a kind of rundown of how, how it can really benefit them. Yeah, so CBD has this is is why it's one why it's so popular and one it's um it can be quite a confusing area, but it's working on so many different levels. So you have every mammal has an endocannabinoid system. It was only discovered in the early nineties, which is why it's still mm-hmm. a relatively new thing. Um, and that's not just humans. Any mammal has an endocannabinoid system, and what it is, it's uh, it's it does two things, two functions. One is it's a set of receptors throughout your whole body. So it runs through your immune system, your endocrine system, which is your hormone mm-hmm. system. It's yeah. in the cells, in your muscles. It's in your internal organs, in your brain. And it, it um, you've got two different types of receptors, CB1, CB2. They do slightly different things. Um, they can inhibit things and they can encourage, um, you know, the the production of protons and things. So uh, proteins. So this when you take uh phytocannabinoids from the cannabis plant it's actually we call it cannabis it's hemp it's industrial hemp in this country right. you can only make cbd from hemp which is what's grown for making fabrics and papers and hemp plastics and hemp concrete and all sorts of insulation and things so okay. naturally it's incredibly high in cannabinoids lots of different cannabinoids and low in THC, so you could smoke an entire field full. You will not get stoned. You won't have those psychoactive effects. So right. CBD in this country is made from hemp, and um, it's got lots of cannabinoids in it, which have slightly different properties. So this is why we always promote full spectrum, which means it's made from the whole plant, and it's not been mucked about with, it's not been filtered with, it's very dark mm. and oily. Um and it just works on many different levels. So when you take phytocannabinoids in the form of CBD, um, mm. your endocannabinoid system will accept those compounds and it will attach to certain receptors where it's needed. If it's not needed, it will pass on and pass on to the next and the next and the next until it is needed. And if it's not needed, you obviously just process it like you would with anything else that you ingest. And what it does when it does bind is to a receptor is it creates um it it's it's kind of like a little like they are like mini control centers but it, it triggers a response which can create a state of equilibrium homeostasis as it's called so mm-hmm. if there's inflammation it will reduce that if a hormone is producing too much of, of of a particular hormone it'll control that um so it, it's this is kind of very layman's terms but it's creating mm-hmm. balance it's regulating your system um so yeah if anything's you know high anxiety for example um it reduces that so it's working on many different levels it's also natural um anti-inflammatory it's also naturally bacterial you can put it on topically um mm. to help with things so it's working on that level but also humans have the capacity to make their own cannabinoids called endocannabinoids which are part of the endocannabinoid system so okay. um endocannabinoids are present in breast milk 
if you're breastfeeding, you will be giving your baby endocannabinoids. Um, it's that natural and it's that good for your system. So Amazing. they are essential to us. You kind of have to see that we're kind of deficient in it. Um, and that's why we take it from the plant mm. um, to get our bodies functioning at that kind of optimum level. So, yeah, completely safe, completely natural. Um, and it's working with a system that already exists within us. So um, you won't build up a resistance like you do with medication. And there's certainly yeah. side effects, you know. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Thank you, Kate, because I, I myself um, have heard of it, but didn't really understand how it works and how it how it works within our bodies. So yeah. well, that's really interesting. And Kate, um, for all our listeners, Kate has kindly decided that she will gift us a discount code. So I will be popping the um, website link and the discount code in the show notes. So please do check that out. Yeah, we'll do a 20% discount code for all your um, listeners so they can try it for themselves. And I'll send you some too. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think that's um, that wraps up our conversation today, Kate. So thank you again for, for coming on to the podcast. Um, it's been lovely me. having you. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Great. Bye for now. Oh, lots of love, Nikki. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Menopause Unplugged. I hope you find the conversation to be informative, enlightening, and empowering. Remember, menopause is a natural part of a woman's life journey, but it doesn't have to be a lonely one. Whether you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause, my menopause coaching program can provide reassurance and guidance please do reach out to me through my contact details on the show description. And until next time, take care.